0: This is Women Road Warriors with Shelly Johnson and Kathy DeCaro. If you drive long haul, short haul, or heavy haul, they're here to empower and inspire women in the trades on TNCRadio.live. So gear down, sit back, and enjoy.
1: Welcome to Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy DeCaro. We're a show designed to inspire and empower women in trucking, in the trades, and really everywhere, with informative guests, experts, celebrities, and people who are champions for women. I'm Shelly, and I'm Kathy. We like to feature experts who can assist women in being the best they can be, and health is a huge topic we cover. Sleep is part of good health. Many women have trouble sleeping, women drivers especially we decided to consult with a world-renowned expert in the topic, the sleep doctor. Dr. Michael J. Bruce is considered one of the 10 most influential people in sleep. He was on the clinical advisory board of the Dr. Oz show. He's one of only 168 psychologists in the world to pass the sleep medical specialty board without going to med school. The sleep doctor has been featured on many network shows including Oprah and Rachel Ray. Dr. Michael J. Bruce is a clinical psychologist with more than two decades of experience in his field. He's a diplomate of the American Board of Sleep Medicine and a fellow of the American Academy of Sleep Medicine. Welcome, Dr. Bruce. Thank you for being on the show with us today.
2: Well, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here and talk about sleep.
1: Yes. uh, Sleep is something a lot of people don't always have. I know.
2: We need to fix that.
1: Uh, Yeah. And women have some special challenges when it comes to sleep don't they
2: they do indeed there's there's so many different areas about sleep that we, we're still learning about um and to be very fair i don't think that the sleep community has done a great job of really researching women's issues with sleep in particular but there are some things that we're learning uh and some hints and tricks that i'm I'm going to be able to divulge uh during our conversation today
1: oh excellent wonderful Well, I guess I will give you the lead, Dr. Bruce, because women drivers, obviously, they have erratic schedules. That does not help.
2: For sure.
1: Women have hormone issues that men don't have. If they're pregnant, they can't sleep. If they're going through perimenopause or menopause, it's just a miserable process. Where do we start? How do women get the best kind of sleep they can, especially if they have challenges with their career?
2: So, so that is the right question to ask. I'd like to ask you a question before I start though, because I want to understand a little bit more about your audience. Mm -hmm. Are most of the people who are going to be listening drivers and are, and, and when we say drivers, does that mean that they have to spend the night away from home? Um, when they drive or are they more local drivers? Because I, I think I would give different pieces of advice mm-hmm. to different types of drivers.
1: We have a combination.
2: Okay, uh, okay. And, and we
1: also have women who aren't drivers that listen to mm-hmm. our show as well. So Got it. It, it would be something that all women could benefit from with your knowledge. But Perfect. Kathy, what are some of the challenges you certainly have an erratic schedule? You could give Dr. Bruce a little bit more insight.
3: Well, like where I work, we work on a two week rotation. So I go up to work, I work day shifts for 13 hours a day for 14 days straight. And then I, I get off, I'm off for 14 days and then I'll go back for uh, 14 nights of 13 hours and then right. get 14 so, off. So I'm back and forth, back and forth,
2: right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So, so let's talk about that as a, just an idea in terms of shift work, because that's yeah. a, that's a very global uh, situation. There's lots of types of shift work um, and lots of types of shift workers out there. Right. And so what you just described to me is exactly how a lot of, companies will do it is they'll put you on a schedule for two weeks, you'll be off for two weeks, then you come back and you're on a completely different schedule. So number one, I'm just going to throw this out there. This is a terrible way to do things. Um, no
3: kidding? Yeah, yeah.
2: It's just awful. Um, and your body really never adjusts appropriately. So what's interesting is my research in my third book, uh, The Power of When, when I talked about these things called chronotypes, I was able to identify genetically speaking, people who are better at night versus better in the morning. So we used to call them early birds and night owls, um, mm-hmm. and, yeah. right? And, and now we actually have more accurate ideas surrounding them. But as an example, when I go to work with a company and they tell me that they're, they're doing a triple shift, right? So they've got, you know, people working 7P to 7A, all these different kind of things going on. Mm-hmm. My recommendation is always keep people on the same shift. Now, here's the problem, seniority. Nobody wants to work the night shift. And so here's what ends up happening is if you're new to the company, if you're the rookie, guess what? You're on the night shift and you ain't leaving the night shift until a senior person is off the day shift. And that doesn't usually happen very often. And so what we see happening is oftentimes people early in their careers are ending up on the night shift. So let's talk about what is that doing to your body? What is that doing to your sleep specifically as a female? So here's the bottom line. This is terrible for your circadian rhythms. We see suicidality increase dramatically. We see depression increase dramatically. All of this, by the way, in shift workers. Now, I'm not, even, I'm not even saying night shift versus day shift. I'm just saying shift workers in general. Just the idea of knowing that you have to switch to a different shift can certainly have some pretty big effects on your overall mood um, on your motivation, um, and uh, quite frankly, on your physical performance, right? So so let me ask um, uh, Kathy, if I might, when you come back to the new shift, right, let's say your new shift is the night shift, you've been off for two weeks, there's an adjustment period that you've got to get your body used to um, all over again, and that's going to have some consequences. And if you don't know exactly how to adjust, my guess is that transition may be difficult. Is that, is that the case, Kathy?
3: It's extremely difficult. Yeah. Um, Yeah. like like, i'll give you an example i just came back i I went to work early on overtime so i did four extra shifts so i just did 18 shifts of 13 hour nights and Mm -hmm. i landed yesterday i was up for 26 hours because as soon as we're done our rotation we fly out of there we take a 40 bus ride and a plane ride and then i'm up to try so i can sleep that night well i got to stay up all day so i was up for 26 hours and by the time i finally fell asleep yesterday afternoon it was four o'clock well, by nine o'clock, I'm up. I'm hungry. Right, so I sprayed right, the fridge. Right. I'm back to sleep. I'm awake at one. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm awake at three. I'm awake at five. And it, yep. I, like today I feel rough. I feel like I got run over.
2: <laughs> yeah. And, and, and honestly you did, you got run over. Like, let's just be very clear about that. I also wanted to highlight a couple other things that you mentioned, Kathy, that I think are important is during this sleep deprived kind of Haze that you're going through. You you said I woke up in the middle of my sleep and I got hungry, so I had to eat, right? (laughs) This is I think
3: it's more devour than whatever I incite.
2: (laughs) So so that's the exactly. So that's the point I wanted to make is you're not eating, you're literally devouring. And here's why. When your body is sleep deprived, in my second book, The Sleep Doctor's Diet, Lose Weight Through Better Sleep, what we discovered quite easily is that sleep deprivation Mm -hmm. makes it almost impossible to lose weight. Almost impossible. In fact, What we've also discovered is it increases, the more sleep deprived you are, the more your cravings increase for high fat, high carbohydrate foods. So here's what happens. You wake up, you went to bed at four, you wake up at nine. It's not the right time for you to eat dinner. I don't know what your, you know, if your family's already eaten or what have you, but you walk into the kitchen and you're famished. So what do you do? You grab the stuff that's the most tasty, right? I know what happens. And you quickest, just freaking <laughs> down, right? Uh, yep.
3: <laughs> yeah. And
2: and yeah. here's the and here's the part that nobody is talking about. If you are just before your period or just after your period, there's even more consequences, right?
3: Oh, there would be. Yes. Yeah. That's right. Be.
2: So yeah. once again, people are not taking all this into account. So number one, I want to give all of the listeners a few resources that where they can start to learn more about shift work and learn more about sleep deprivation. So number one is my website, thesleepdoctor.com. Um, We have a lot of information about sleep deprivation in general. I want to be clear though. I'm not a shift work specialist. I have a few articles on shift work, but if you really want to learn more, there's a great company. I have no affiliation with them, but I've, I've sent many people there. It's called circadian.com C I R C-A-D-I-A-N, circadian.com. They have lots of uh, free advice that they can give people, downloadable stuff, things like that, that can be um, it can be super duper valuable. So that's one area is people can get more information at circadian.com. The, the other thing is there's an app, all right? Now I'm gonna tell you this, I, I'm an investor in this app, so I'm disclosing that right away, but it's called Time Shifter. T-I-M-E-S-H-I-F-T-E-R. And um, what's interesting about Time Shifter is that it actually takes all of this into account for you. So, in fact, it looks at all of those different things and it can actually give you a schedule by which to work. So so getting back to the idea of shift work and what we're talking about here for, for many of these ladies is, number one, there are some solutions and some tools out there. Check out circadian.com, check out time shifter, check out the sleep doctor. Um, But the big issue isn't just the shift work. It's the sleep deprivation. So here's the thing that I don't think anybody is talking about. And and I'm going to sound um, a little sexist when I say this, um, but I want to be clear about one thing. Women have it much tougher than men. Women are doing much more than men, generally speaking, especially if you take into account um, duties around the house, um, chores, things of that nature. A lot of times guys are really going to work coming home, eating, going to bed, watching TV. They don't have, well, I get it. Some guys have got some of those responsibilities. A lot of times, unfortunately, these responsibilities fall onto the women's side of things, which means they get even less sleep because they're taking care of everybody in the house, including themselves, and they're a shift worker. So we really need a lot of the listeners, the women who are listening and the men who might be listening to say, hold on a second, like you've got to be able to take care of yourself because like, yeah. it's like, you know, when you're in the, when you're in the airplane and the oxygen mask comes out, right? Like if you don't put that mask on yourself, I got news for you. It's, uh, it's not going to work ba- very well. in the
1: Right. Season. Yes, it's true. Yeah, And women have a tendency not to take care of themselves. They are That's always true too. taking care of other people. And so my theory was that women have a, a tougher time sleeping. So I am correct on that.
2: Well, here's what's interesting is women. So here's some interesting data. Women report more sleep problems. Um, however, um, when you ask men, they have almost the same number of sleep problems. They're just too silly to, to admit it. Men don't like to admit things to their doctors and that's a historic problem. Mm, Whereas women yeah. are much more communicative, much more interested in talking about those things, um, and, and can hopefully get, you know, more answers. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, there's really only a few things that anybody really needs to do in order to have high quality sleep okay Mm -hmm. i I would argue there's five things and if if you're okay with it i'd like to give like a five-step plan that
1: That would be be wonderful yes let's do it i don't want to interrupt you we have to go to break but i know our listeners want to know this stay tuned for the five things you need to know to have great sleep from dr michael j bruce coming up
0: stay tuned for more of women road warriors coming up welcome back to women road warriors with shelly johnson and kathy Takaro.
2: step number one is to have one wake-up time now i know kathy that you're a shift worker and that doesn't always work okay but just follow my guidelines here you have to try to stick to a wake-up time in particular that's the most important thing if 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 at all I actually
3: do that for the whole two weeks that I'm up there. I'm always awake at two 30 every day, same time.
2: Perfect. And that's good because you're giving yourself a level of circadian consistency. So step number one is to wake up at a consistent time. If you can seven, notice my words here, seven days a week. Okay? Okay. All right. And here's why a lot of people think that they can sleep in on the weekends and catch up on sleep. It does not work that way. It makes much more sense if you just keep your sleep hours. So, step number one, wake up at the same time every single day. Step oh, number yeah. two is to stop caffeine by 2 p.m. Now, you'll notice I didn't say you can't drink coffee because if I said that, I would be, uh, I, I don't think I'd be allowed back in my home. Right? I mean, <laughs> okay. let's be fair here, ladies. I like coffee. My wife likes coffee. There's nothing wrong with coffee, but If you drink coffee past 2 p.m., we know that caffeine has a half-life of between six and eight hours. And so here's where the issue comes in is eight hours after 2 p.m. is 10 p.m., which is roughly the time when most people are thinking about going to bed. So if you stop by two, at least 55, 0% of the caffeine is out of your system, which should make it easier for you to fall asleep. So step number one, one wake-up time. Step number two, stop caffeine by 2 p.m. Step number three has to do with alcohol. Yes, we have to address the booze. There is a really big difference between going to bed and passing out, correct?
3: <laughs> right. <laughs> yep, it sure is.
2: It sure is. And so, look, I don't have a problem with an adult beverage every now and then. I like scotch, beer, wine, you name it. But at the but thinking through this and thinking about the quality of our sleep and the performance that we're trying to move forward with, what I would suggest for people is you need to limit it to two drinks. And you need to stop drinking three hours before bed let me explain by the second drink here's what's happened is your brain has caught a little bit of a buzz pretty much the reason why most people like to drink however that buzz is basically telling your brain something is going on and so it increases a hormone called cortisol which is an energy hormone so here's what ends up happening as you're drinking throughout the evening your brain is saying wow I'm starting to feel this a little bit. I need to add some energy so that I don't get too loopy. Now you're an energetic drunk and you're really not trying to get to sleep. Right? So here's what I ask you to do. Have a glass of wine and a glass of water, have a beer and have a water substitute Hmm. one water for each alcoholic beverage. So if you drink a glass of wine, drink a glass of water, drink a glass of wine, drink a glass of water. Now you stop three hours before bed, you will sleep like a baby, you will still have enjoyed your adult beverage and, you're no, and everybody's perfectly happy. So step number three, limit it to two drinks and stop alcohol three hours before bed. Step number four is the other um, possibility um, and that is to do with exercise. So I am a huge, huge, huge fan of exercise. I tell people all the time, this is one of the greatest ways to improve sleep quality. Okay. However, there's a problem with exercise. If you exercise too close to bedtime, you heat up your body and it's almost impossible to fall asleep with a hot body. Okay. Mm -hmm. Thermoregulatory body, not good looking hot, just <laughs> Just wanted to be clear about that, ladies. So when so when we exercise, step number four is to stop exercise if possible four hours before bed. Right. So again, what this allows us to do is still get in our our daily exercise, which again is great for sleep, but doesn't disrupt our sleep at all. The last step has to do with morning times. Most sleep doctors are only talking about nighttime, but I'm the guy that likes to talk about the mornings. And here's what I'll tell you is I have people do three things every morning. It will not cost you a dime and it will make your day better every single day. Number one, it's called the 315s, by the way. Number one, take 15 deep breaths. Simply sit up. You need to be sitting up with your feet firmly planted on the floor and take 15 nice deep breaths. Very simple, just wake up your respiratory system and bring yourself present. Step number two is drink 15 ounces of water. Most people don't know this, but sleep in and of itself is a dehydrative event. Most people um, wake up having lost almost a full liter of water in their system. So here's what happens. If you're drinking alcohol to help you fall asleep, makes you pee, so now you become dehydrated. You lose about a liter of water just from the humidity in your breath. You basically wake up and you're basically a raisin at that point then, <laughs> right, then you, you throw down a, a cup of coffee and now you're in even worse shape because coffee's a diuretic. So yeah. please, please, please hydrate when you wake up in the morning with 15 ounces of water. The last 15 is very simple. I want you to walk outside and get 15 minutes of sunshine. Now, Kathy, when you're waking up at 2:30 in the morning, this is not going to be an easy task for you. Um, yeah, however, no. a what a you can a lot of bears be- where we work. So, a lot yes, of bears.
1: I- yeah, encountering bears during your walk not such a good thing.
2: <laughs> would I would. Be I, I would imagine. <laughs> So one thing that you can do, Kathy, is you can use artificial light to help you in the morning time. So why do I ask people to um, have sunlight in the morning? When sunlight, in particular, blue light hits your eyeball, there's a particular frequency. It sends a signal to your brain to turn off the melatonin faucet in your head. So we like that. And it also sets a timer for when melatonin should start. So once again, this is another reason why we must wake up at the same time every single day. Because if we, if we wake up at 6.30, five days a week, and then we decide on Saturday to wake up at nine, our brain doesn't know how to tell time, but it will start our melatonin three hours later than it normally would have during the week time. Yeah. And that's what throws off your sleep. So this is why Mondays suck, okay? OK, because you stay up late on Friday, sleep in on Saturday, stay up late on Saturday, sleep in on Sunday. What do you think your brain wants to do on Monday? Sleep, uh,
3: sleep
0: in.
2: That's yeah. right. Yeah. And especially, Kathy, for somebody like you who's a shift worker. This is even more important that you really stick to your guns and stick to your your sleep schedule, because Monday is going to Monday two thirty in the morning is going to show up real quick. Right. Yeah. And that's how that kind of works. And so when we talk about these five steps, I want everybody to be very, very clear. You'll notice they come in a particular order. One, two, three, four, five. Number number two, they are all free. And number three, you can actually start every single one of them today. Right on. There you go. Thank you. Of course.
3: What about, okay, you know, because I work 13-hour shifts, and mm-hmm. I take power naps all the time. Yep. It, some people say that it makes them more tired, and so for me, I it, it just works. It, I, that 10-minute, mm-hmm. 15-minute little snooze, it sets me right, right. Is there um, a right or a wrong?
2: There is. So here's what I'm telling you, Kathy. You just get more and more impressive as we continue to talk, all right? Yep. not only can you drive just about everything on earth, but you're also figuring out some sleep science on your own. So it turns out that NASA started studying napping a long time ago, because, you know, when you've got astronauts in the space station, there's no such thing as time, right? So we really had to start to understand performance, levels of performance, when do people need breaks, things of that nature. Believe it or not, as little as a seven minute nap can have an effect on alertness. Now you mentioned a 10 to 15 minute nap. You're right in the sweet spot. So generally speaking, what I tell people is never nap longer than 25 minutes. So I know you two have had this situation, but I wanna uh, do an example for our listeners here. Anybody out there ever taken a nap and felt worse, not better? Yep, I have.
3: Yeah, a lot of my coworkers. Yeah,
2: 100%. That's because they napped too long. Ah, once again, 25 minute nap. Now I'm going to give you something that is going to blow your mind. Okay. There is a product called nap jitsu. All right. This is a, this you're going to love this. Just listen in. So what you do is you take a, a small dose of caffeine, close your eyes, take a 25 minute nap. When you wake up, you have burned through the sleep that the sleepiness that you've had the caffeine fits perfectly into that receptor site trust me on the science on this one because i don't ha- i can go into the detail if you want but there's really no need and then the caffeine kicks in, you are good for four hours, guaranteed. Ooh, I like it's that. Awesome. Here's the part yeah. that I like about it. You could do it with a cup of coffee, to be clear, but here's why I like the nap jitsu product, is because in particular, they add these things called nootropics. So for listeners out there who may not know what nootropics are, these are what we call smart drugs. So these are herbs that help with things like attention, focus, Um, mood, uh, uh, details, things of that nature. So remember caffeine is an energy boost, but it's not necessarily a focused energy boost Mm -hmm. with this particular product I've discovered. And I've used it multiple times now that I feel, uh, I feel well-slept, energetic, and focused all at the same time. You can, Again, you could do this with a cup of coffee. Just slug a cup of coffee, put in a couple of ice cubes, and then take a 25-minute nap. Remember, no sugar, no dairy in the coffee. You want it to be black because you don't want any stomach upset or the sugar messing things up.
1: Now, does this always have to accompany a nap? Yes. Or can, okay. okay.
2: So, And by the way, you don't want to nap too late in the day. So you would really want to save this for any time before 2 to 2.30.
1: Excellent. All right,
2: because remember, if you wow. nap too late in the day, you lower your sleep drive. By the way, anybody who has insomnia and many shift workers do should never nap. Oh, really?
1: OK. Anyone with insomnia? Is that pretty much the rule of thumb? Yes. OK,
2: um, I would argue that I would say most people. Um, who have difficulty falling asleep really should not be napping because that lowers their sleep drive and will make it increasingly more difficult to fall asleep in the subsequent evening. Do
3: you find that it affects eight, like people that are like the elderly? They they they're, yes. they barely sleep but they nap a lot. Like should they not do that? You know? Do you know what I mean? Yep. Like my mom is exactly. seven and has this problem all the time.
2: Sure. No, I know exactly what you mean, Kathy. Here's the biggest problem with people as we get older is we have less of a schedule. And so what ends up happening is, you know, I don't just have to get up. Your
3: boredom. <laughs> right. 100%. Yeah.
2: I have patients, honestly, Kathy, who call me up and they say, I just want my day to end. So yeah. I'm going to bed. And that's really what they do. So one of the things we know that happens with seniors is because they have more flexibility in their schedule, they end up taking a lot of unscheduled naps. So I'm watching a game show. I fall asleep. I'm watching the ball game. I fall asleep. Those kind of things. And so one of the things I'm always talking about with my sedentary clients is um, movement and keeping their bodies moving. Um, That turns out to be a really important um, aspect for for many of them. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, the thing to remember is as we get older, we become more medically frail. So we have More things like obesity and hypertension and diabetes and all these terrible things. And of course, these will affect our our ability to sleep, as well as the medications that we take for these medical situations can affect our sleep. So as we walk into our senior years and I'm 54 years old, so I am walking into my senior years as we speak.
3: Um, hey, I just turned 53 yesterday, and I refuse to acknowledge that comment. <laughs> there, I, you go. there you I go. I am not walking into my own.
1: <laughs> Age is yeah. a state of mind.
2: Right, <laughs> no. exactly. Um, and so what I tell people all the time is I have lots of seniors who sleep like a stone. You just need um, to stay disciplined and be thoughtful, right? Don't drink a cup of coffee at 4 o'clock in the afternoon just because you want to right? Like you just have to be thoughtful, you know, don't, don't go out and have four glasses of wine and think it's not going to affect your sleep and that you're going to have a crappy night's sleep and wake up the next morning and feel like crap, because guess what? That's how it works, right? It's just really about, I think, being thoughtful and being healthy.
0: Stay tuned for more of Women Road Warriors coming up.
1: Industry movement Trucking Moves America Forward is telling the story of the industry, our safety champions, the women of trucking, independent contractors, the next generation of truckers, and more. Help us promote the best of our industry. Share your story and what you love about trucking. Share images of a moment you're proud of. And join us on social media. Learn more at truckingmovesamerica.com. She's passionate about personal growth and believes anyone can change their circumstances and overcome their obstacles if they believe in themselves. Her life will amaze you and seriously inspire you. Be sure to order a copy of her book, Dream Big, on Amazon.com.
0: Welcome back to Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro.
2: One of the things I've learned, and I don't know if, if you guys have ever espoused to this, but I, one of the things I try to say inside my head before I do something or eat something or participate in an activity is I say to myself, would a healthy person do this?
1: That's a good right. perspective and a good question. Yeah. Right? I just oh. ask myself
2: that simple question, like when I'm reaching into the freezer to get the Hagen dazs Then I say to myself, (laughs) because my wife is rail thin, she can eat whatever she wants, whenever she wants. I am not. And so I'm always kind of on the lookout. Um, And I say to myself, would a healthy person do this? And I can, it's enough of a stop to be able to place it back and say, you know what? I don't need to have an ice cream right now type of thing. Um, And and I found that that works great on health behaviors all all over the place, right? So, you know, if I'm Mm -hmm. at the gym, and I'm saying to myself, oh, I just can't finish my set. I turn to myself and I say, would a healthy person say that? No, they would rest. They would get some hydration and then they would complete their set. Now I have a plan. Mm-hmm. Now I know what to do. Sure. Right. So, so because I don't know about you ladies, but sometimes my head is, can be very negative inside of my head mm-hmm. and it can say things oh, to yeah. me all the time. Okay. And especially when you get sleep deprived the negativity can really get to be very intense. And so having a mantra, like would a healthy person do that is just enough to stop me sometimes and say, okay, let's think through that. Right. And I say the same thing with sleep. Like would a person who gets a good night's sleep do this? Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Just, just think about it. Like you all know, everybody listening knows somebody who's a good sleeper. Sometimes oh, we yeah. don't, we don't like that person very much. <laughs> <But> <laughs> right. I
3: have no thyroid. Personally, I can sleep like a rock anytime. It yeah. doesn't matter. See? Yeah. As I well. sleep there's like you. a
1: boulder when, at the yep. end of the day. Yeah,
2: Which is, which is awesome. Right. But there's a lot of people out there who don't, right. Yeah. Who are struggling with, with a lot of these things. And so one of the things I'm constantly, constantly saying to people is just take a step and say, would somebody who gets a good night's sleep, drink a cup of coffee after dinner. Probably not, right? Would somebody who gets a good night's sleep have that fourth glass of wine? Probably not, right? It's, right. it's very straightforward and it's very simple. And I would argue that most people are, are their own best governors um, in terms of just asking themselves those questions. And then uh, to be very fair, the, the worst part are, is the damage that you say to yourself after you do that. So when you do reach in and grab the ice cream and you eat the entire pint, which is what I do, Then I've got all these, Mm -hmm. right? Look, I mean, let's be honest. That's what we do. Then I've got all these thoughts walking around in my head saying, oh, why did you do that? Do you know how long, how many hours in the gym it's going to take for you to work something like that? I mean, I have the same thoughts in my head that everybody else does, right? So again, just thinking through, and and then by the way, I've eaten that ice cream at night before bed. So now I have sugar in my system. I have fat in my system. I'm upset with myself for doing that. And I've eaten really late. (laughs) Right.
1: So you don't get the best night's sleep that night.
2: Exactly. And that's what I'm trying to educate everybody on is if you just think through before you act, you would be pleasantly surprised at how easy this really is.
3: You know, our our mantra at work is, is stop and think
2: yes Uh, that's a good one before
3: we do anything they make us stop and think you know how bad could it be uh you know what could go wrong what's the worst possible scenario (laughs) so i think it's certainly applicable in this
0: case right Absolutely.
1: Dr. Bruce, I was wondering, in terms of women, women in general, they seem to have a lot of challenges in terms of sleep. They've got hormones. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're so cyclical. If a woman's pregnant, then they they have a problem sleeping. Mm. Women I think have a higher body temperature They do. if they're going through different things like perimenopause and menopause. Mm -hmm. How do they work through all of that and still be able to sleep?
2: So I'm just going to be very straightforward. It Mm -hmm. sucks. OK, <laughs> like I'm not going to sugarcoat this. Right. I don't think you ladies really want me to sugarcoat it anyway.
3: No, no, Right.
2: Right. Now, there are some tools out there that have been I have found to be helpful when I'm when I'm working with women who are having struggles surrounding menopause, surrounding uh, periods and surrounding just generalized sleep deprivation. I'd like to start with what the area of thermoregulation because Shelly, you brought up uh, the idea that uh, women do have different temperatures depending upon where they are in their cycle. Uh-huh. Number one, that is 100% accurate and true. Nobody, nobody takes this into account, okay? There are There is a company called Chili Technology um, and they make a pad that you put underneath your sheet and it will run cool water through this pad. And it will actually help you lower your core body temperature without freezing you out. Here's what normally happens. That's very cool. Right. Here's what normally happens is women turn to me and they say, I'm going to crank the the AC down to 60 degrees, Michael. I'm going to make it like a meat locker in my bedroom. (laughs) Right. And then then here's what happens is they have a hot flash, which is an internal situation where hormones kind of kick into gear and your body heats up. And so then you start sweating profusely in order to dissipate that heat. Well, here's the problem. You're sleeping in a meat locker. (laughs) So all of a sudden you get freezing cold because your skin is wet and it hits the cool temperature of the AC blowing right on you. Right. Yeah. And then you're pissed off. Right. Yeah. So you're hot. You're wet, you're cold, and you're angry, right? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yep. And it sucks to
1: be your husband or boyfriend at that point. (laughs) Absolutely, right.
2: So, so this is where this chili technology, I personally have found it to be a godsend for most of my patients. Um, it's called a chili pad. There's one called a chili doc pro. Um, and uh, if you head over to the sleepdoctor.com under the recommended products section, um, you can learn more about the chili technology there. But I, I will tell you, uh, I've, I've used it personally, my wife has used it, um, and uh, we find it to be quite helpful, um, especially in these challenging temperature situations. Now I'll also give you another, another challenging temperature situation, right? So what if you live in Arizona and it's June? Mm, it's really hot. It's really hot, right? And you you may or may not be able to afford to have enough air conditioning to lower the air conditioning enough in your home, right? Mm-hmm. So again, we need to be ha- coming up with strategies that can be helpful. So now I'm gonna give you a no frills, no cost strategy on one way that ladies can help themselves cool down a bit. What you do is you, you need three bottles of water and three athletic tube socks. Okay. Mm -hmm. You freeze the bottles of water. Once the bottles of water are frozen, you place them into the tube socks. You then place a sock on the outer part of your hip in between your legs. And then on the other outer part of your hip, you will cool down almost immediately. Interesting.
3: That sounds. It sounds kind of funny what I do at work because, like, when you get really hot, some some of the equipment doesn't have air conditioning. Right. And I'm like, I'm 53. I'm when I get hot, I get hot, right? Yep. Hundred percent. The only thing that we have up there, which is, uh, we have nothing, because I live, I, I work in Canada in Timbuktu in the middle of the bush. Well, what I do is I'll take a frozen bottle of water and I'll drive around. I'll stick it between my boobs. <laughs> that's right (laughs) cools down the core temperature exactly
2: yeah exactly yeah and 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 so again if it's the middle of summer and you live in yuma arizona which i think is actually the hottest place in the united states like 120 degrees is nothing there like Mm. and and to be clear you know think about this also a lot of people use swamp coolers a lot of people don't have air conditioning in their homes um, because it's expensive and, and when the heat gets bad, this is a real situation. So I'm constantly talking with people about different cooling strategies or cooling mm. technologies that are out there that they, that they can utilize. Obviously keeping a fan on and keeping the air moving is going to be important. Also to be fair, another issue that we haven't addressed but we probably could is the quality of the air. Many people don't think about it, but you know, you're breathing air out of one room all night long. If there's a lot of particulates in there, a lot of allergens in there, you're gonna get a stuffy nose. And when you get a stuffy nose, guess what's gonna happen? Your mouth's gonna drop open and you're gonna breathe through your mouth because your nose is stuffed up. To be clear, your mouth was not meant for breathing. Your mouth was meant for talking and eating, not breathing.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: And so what ends up happening is you have cold, unfiltered air going straight into your lungs. Your lungs don't like that. And then you will either cough or your lungs will become restricted. If you have any weight on you, this is a situation that could eventually lead to snoring and sleep apnea. Okay. Oh, yes, I wanted to
3: talk about that.
2: Yes. I know you do, Kathy, because you're a driver and you operate heavy equipment. And this is one of the biggest sleep disorders that affects drivers of heavy equipment, which is sleep apnea.
1: We have to go to break here. We'll be back with more about what you need to know about sleep apnea coming up
0: stay tuned for more of women road warriors coming up
1: tnc radio.live is proud to carry the steve summers overnight drive show TNCRadio.Live is dedicated to commercial drivers. We offer the news, traffic, and weather you need, and the entertainment, sports, talk, music, and celebrity interviews you want to hear 24-7. We have original shows and trucker podcasts that feature some of your favorites, like Ice Road Alex Demogorski and America's and Sweetheart Marcia Campbell. TNCRadio.Live is convenient and designed for professional drivers. The best part is we're free, and you can listen anywhere you are on the road. With just one tap, you can tune into Steve Summers and us right on your phone. Simply download our app by going to app.tncradio.live. That's app.tncradio.live.
0: Welcome back to Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro.
1: Sleep apnea is really pretty scary.
2: A lot of my coworkers have that, a lot. I know, I bet they do. And, And hopefully, I hope and I pray that they are actually getting treatment. Because I know that a lot of drivers will not get treatment because they'll have to come off driving to get their treatment and then get on treatment and then come back to their driving, depending yeah. upon your state. One of my coworkers.
3: Yeah. that's exactly what happened. Yep. And luckily, we have these uh, the DSS system because we operate the largest equipment in the world. Mm-hmm. While people were falling asleep, well, it's obviously a dangerous thing. So they Huge. put these little cameras And it, it, all it does is it records your eyes and, um, yeah, you can actually see the, the the one person was driving 17 seconds with a fully loaded truck, 400 completely asleep, completely asleep. You know how scary that is?
2: Oh man. Yeah. So I got called in Kathy on, um, I don't know if you remember back now, this is going about five or seven years. There was a horrible train derailment in New Jersey. Um, and uh uh, several people were killed and they have a dead man switch so i'm sure uh, for folks who don't know what a dead man switch is this is a switch where the operator um if they have a heart attack um or if they uh fall asleep they will release this switch and it'll immediately stop whatever the machine is doing and 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 put it into a safety mode right so here's the problem if you're asleep you don't lose your grip for a while right yeah and so this guy literally was asleep. I think, I think it was calculated over a minute and he was driving a train with hundreds of passengers on wow. it. He had, he had undiagnosed sleep apnea um, and his, and his uh, uh, working comp, workman's compensation wasn't willing to cover him getting a sleep study. Mm-hmm. and that's, And that was the situation. So when we talk about drivers and we talk about those types of situations, one of the things that we just have to address is the sedentary nature of the job. Look, yeah. mm-hmm. I, can, I can get up and I can walk around anytime I want. Kathy, I don't think that's the case with you. I don't think you can no. just stand up and walk around whenever nope. you want, nope. right? Sometimes and,
3: and in a 13-hour shift, I'll only get off the truck twice.
2: Exactly, wow. right? And, and, and let's be clear, sitting is the new smoking, okay? <laughs> in, it is, it is, <laughs> ladies. Inactivity <laughs> in does more harm to your body almost than smoking does at this point, like for real, right? And so when we're talking about people who are drivers or operators, equipment operators, or just ladies who are out there, we really need to start to think through this as an idea.
3: Mm -hmm. I love that. Sitting is the new smoking, may I use that?
2: (laughs) Please do, please do. But for folks out there, if you are leading a sedentary career and you find yourself getting tired while driving, please, please, please talk with your doctor. You should not be, you should not get tired while driving. That could be an early sign of sleep apnea, which again, Kathy has already identified, several of her coworkers have. And just to be clear, sleep apnea is a situation where you actually snore to the point of stopping breathing in your sleep, yeah. you suck so much air in that your tongue rises to the back of your throat and literally cuts off your air. By the way, folks, you would have no idea that this is happening and it could happen hundreds of times a night. Um, I, I see this almost every day in our patient populations. And most people, most, I would say 90% of them, Kathy and Shelly have mm-hmm. no idea that they actually have sleep apnea. It's their sure. bed partner mm-hmm. that says, Hey, Not only are you snoring like a frickin' freight train, but you stop breathing. And I'm a little concerned because you're holding your breath for like 10, 20, 30 seconds. That is not good for your heart. I want to be very, very clear about this. So if you are lying next to somebody and they say, hey, you snore, ask them, have you ever heard me stop breathing? Because that is an early sign and we can get you in and treated in a very efficient, effective way.
3: I always thought sleep apnea had to do with uh, weight and people that don't have necks. You know, like there's no... So it does, uh, Kathy,
2: I think that's, a, yeah. and, and so that's an important, so because people lead a sedentary lifestyle, meaning they're not as active and they're sitting most of the daytime, they have a tendency to gain weight, right? And so one of the things that happens, so to be clear, sleep apnea is not only a big person's disease. I have people who are 125 pounds and six feet tall who have got sleep apnea. I will tell you that it's certainly more rare but it is not an impossibility. But I don't want people to sit there and say to themselves, oh, well, only heavy people have sleep apnea. I don't think I'm heavy, so I don't have to worry. You would be incorrect. If you snore, you need to worry. So if anybody tells you at any point in time that you snore, you really wanna take a look at that. Now, what will I tell you? One of the ways to help reduce snoring, you guessed it, weight loss. Um, yeah, Yeah. right. And, and by the way, you don't have to lose a ton of weight. If you just lose 5% of your body weight, you can go down almost 30 decibels. So let me give you an understanding. If you're a 200 pound person, that's 10 pounds. okay? Hmm. Okay. That's 10 pounds. And we can see a big reduction in that volume of decibel right? So that's number one. Um, Number two, we haven't really discussed it, but it's an important thing to discuss. When women go through menopause, guess what happens? They gain weight. And we see the ratio of sleep apnea men to women change. So before menopause, every two men that have sleep apnea, one woman has sleep apnea. After menopause, it's a one to one ratio. Interesting. Mm -hmm. That's very interesting. So we think it has to do with the hormones and the weight gain. So Kathy, you're, you're definitely hitting the right buttons. Now, one thing is you mentioned a thick neck now, I want to be clear about something. Men have a greater tendency to have a thick neck than women do as a general guideline. In fact, here's a here's a very interesting statistic for all you ladies out there: is If your uh, partner has a greater than a 17 and a half inch neck, they have an 87% chance of having sleep apnea. Wow. 87%. It's actually the largest physical marker. In all of sleep apnea. I swear to you, I could I could sit outside like a big and tall store and just hand out my card all day long. <laughs> I could. It'd be easy. Right. So so when we're when we're talking about sleep apnea, I just want to be very clear. Yes, heavy people will have more sleep apnea and it will have a greater likelihood of being severe. But if you snore, please, please, please ask your bed partner mm-hmm. if they've heard you stop breathing. Also, if you wake up tired, if you wake up with a headache, if you wake up moody, if you wake up in the middle of the night gasping for air, these are all signs and symptoms of sleep apnea. And I want to be clear, if you do not get it treated, you will die. Okay? Let me be very clear here. Sleep apnea will lead to stroke and death if it is left untreated. So you can go two paths. (laughs) You can go the healthy, sleepy path and get this thing fixed, or you can go onto the very unhealthy. And I wanna be also super clear, when somebody dies from sleep apnea, it's not a pretty death. They are usually diabetic, they are usually obese, um, and they are usually hypertensive. So there's lots going on, lots on board. And to be very clear, ladies, it's not a lot of fun. So I'd much rather, if you think you've got a sign or a symptom, get it checked out. Worst case scenario, you don't have it. What would a healthy person do? A healthy person should know, hey, somebody (laughs) told me I stopped breathing in my sleep. I better get this checked out.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Dr. Bruce, we have just a couple minutes left. I know you have a new book called I Energize, Do. I believe. Yes. And I, I know that our uh, listeners probably would like to get a hold of you and, and ask questions and all of of that course. too.
2: So I'm super easy to find. The book is called Energize. Um, it's available at Amazon, at any bookseller you could possibly imagine, or wander on over to my website, The Sleep Doctor. Dot com. You can there's lots and lots of information or if you just go to Amazon and type in energize the book will pop right up but I'm also available on social media so for for you uh, folks out there who happen to follow things like Facebook and uh, Instagram and TikTok, um I also send out lots of fun facts and information in all of those platforms. So please follow me there and I promise you will learn how to sleep.
1: This is excellent. I know there's so much more we can unpack, but you've really given some really great information for women because I I do think women have a unique challenge. They do.
2: And you know what, Shelly, you've Mm -hmm. reminded me of something, and I I apologize for cutting you off. If people go go on over to thesleepdoctor.com, if they sign up for my newsletter, you can actually download an ebook is only for women about women's sleep. This is the only, yeah, I totally, I just remembered that now that we're talking about it. Um, It's called beauty sleep. Um, And it talks all about everything from menstrual cycles, menopause, um, wrinkles, weight gain, like all of the things that we all think about. I put them all into one big ebook. So if you sign up for the newsletter, you get a choice. I think it's 10 things that great sleepers do. The uh, beauty sleep, which is the female focused one. And I think there's one other one. So I highly recommend ladies doing that as well.
1: There was somebody I knew that would uh, sleep sitting up so she wouldn't mess up her hair.
2: (laughs) (laughs) When you talk about beauty sleep, wow. I thought that
1: was just
3: totally weird.
2: That is totally weird.
3: You. <laughs> oh, you've been just a world of world of information. I absolutely love you having being a guest on our show. Thank you so, so much. Yes, my ma- you. goodness.
2: Well, I just want to thank you, ladies, because you are doing such an amazing service to all of your listeners in getting into the nitty gritty and talking about the real issues and trying to help all of your listeners figure it out. So I love being on podcasts like this because it's great conversation. We all three of us have got great chemistry and energy and everybody who gets to listen gets to learn. So I just want to thank you you ladies, for such a wonderful time being on your podcast.
1: Thank you, Hi. Dr. Bruce. And we'd love to have you back sometime. If you have some new insight,
2: You bet! Know our listeners would
1: love to hear it.
2: Absolutely. Next time we can talk about things like cannabis and sleep. We can talk about libido and sleep, and we can even talk about stress and sleep. Oh, very good. Ooh, yes.
3: Yes, absolutely. Nice. Terrific. <laughs>
2: Well, I want to wish everybody out there sweet dreams from The Sleep Doctor, and I want to say thank you all once again for having me on. If you want to learn more, head on over to thesleepdoctor.com. Thank,
1: thank you. you. Thank you, Dr. Bruce.
2: This has been terrific. Thank you.
0: You've been listening to Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. If you want to be a guest on the show or have a topic or feedback, email us at info at live.
1: Thank you for listening to another great interview on tncradio.live. All of the material you hear on tncradio.live on our website, our broadcasts, or our podcasts are copyrighted. There can be no distribution without the express consent of tncradio.live and its partners. For inquiries, write us, at info at